Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a very exciting and new episode, a different style episode of Going Commando. I am indeed your host, Tank Rodriguez. And join me via Zoom uh, chat conference of, you know, this pandemic crisis we're going through. And, of course, I got Derek. Dirty Derek, how you doing, sir? Good, man. I'm just surviving using my three seashells, you know what I mean? Oh. Oh, I know, man. It looks pretty bad back there in that background. It's like the pandemic of, wiped out all the city. TP and I'm just shitting in pools. That's where I'm at <laughs> right now. I'm pulling, uh, well, I'm, I'm pulling a, uh, the guy from Last Man Standing. I'm pulling a fool. <laughs> and a guy who is, who is very familiar, no stranger to the, the three seashells, our, our good pal, Jimothy James. What's up, what's up? <laughs> I know we talked about it on the podcast, but... Did you ever figure out how to do the three seashells, man? Nope. And I decided that uh, I'm not going to spend any more mental energy on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's two to catch, one to scoop. That's, yeah. That's, that's what I hear. That's, that's a word on the street. Yeah. I've actually just focused on my, my whole goal for, the, uh, for this pandemic is to uh, harness the perfection of the wipeless poop. You know, that's... That's just, I hear it's a myth, but I'm, I'm willing to take the challenge. You got to spread your cheeks really far apart before you hit that toilet seat, let me tell you. And That's, even then, it's still pretty hard. <laughs> I feel like I got nothing but time, nothing but time on my hands. And, uh, <laughs> well, you're going to have a lot of something else on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> Not taking that deep, buddy. I got my, I got my shells to back me up. Uh, maybe, see, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the trick, is that, that tour for the, the butt clamps. To open, <laughs> they they forgive it. It's a protractor. It's a just pulls. A, that's a seashell. Oh, that's oh, a trick. Oh, <laughs> just <laughs> that's. Oh, like James loves. Like James zip, loves this. Like right an unzipped now. book bag. <laughs> Everything comes out. What do you think about that, James? I'm offended and disgusted. That's, all right, I've done my job. I'm living up to my name. <laughs> right, it's a huge success. Uh, but how are y'all holding up? How, how are y'all holding up at home, guys? Good man. More excuses Good. to uh, watch movies and TV. That's true. That's there right. we go. Never been a, never been a time that sitting around watching TV has been a more accepted pastime. So exactly. Uh, but speaking of which, which I've been watching action wise. Uh. I watched uh, the first two, I, I mean, like, same with, like, the horror podcast. A lot of the stuff I watch is stuff I've seen a million times already, because mm -hmm. uh, that's just, how, you know, but I yeah. watched, for the one billionth time, I watched the first two Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies, the, the original, okay. not right. the, uh, yeah. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah, no worries. Uh, and, uh, you know, I always forget how much I loved uh, Teenage Mutant Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Use. Oh, yeah. A much maligned movie, but I actually still kind of enjoy it, even though at that point it became, you know, they can't use their weapon. I mean, it's the most safe. It's even more safe in PG than the original, than the first one. Is it the one with Vanilla Ice in it? Is the second one yes. the one with Vanilla Ice where they break through the wall? Exactly. And that's where they fight Choka and Razor yeah. uh, in the club. Um, it introduces uh, Super Shredder, played by one big sexy. Kevin uh, Nash. Kevin Nash, big Kev. Oh. Uh, but so I always enjoy watching those. Um, I we didn't talk about it before, but I figured I'd bring it up. So I had 
never seen any of the Ip Man movies. Um, oh, nice. I know they were really hot for a while, so I was like, but at the time they're coming out, I was just like, I don't know. I, I didn't think they looked, and I like Donnie Yen, but I just didn't think they looked that great. But I rewatched them, and I, I really enjoyed them. Um, I, there's even an offshoot called Master Z um, that I really liked as well. Um, but yeah, I watched all of those, but literally almost back to back. Um, so that was fun. Finally got to see the Ip Man films. That was that was coming out of time to like when martial arts is on its like the peak of like, but like like uh, different types of martial arts. You got you of course you got to the Wing Chun with Ip Man, and then Ong Bak came out uh, with the Muay Thai, and then it just took. I mean, it really took. I mean, there was a lot of movies that came out with those different styles of martial arts. Well, it was, um, it was a huge, I know it was in in Asia, especially in China, they were huge movies. I mean, um, Ip Man's like a you know kind of a modern folk hero. Um, again, based off a real guy who trained Bruce Lee, yeah. 95% of it is bullshit. You know, it's fat, you know, fictionalized, but yeah, there was, those movies were huge overseas mm. and then we're actually like, you know, pretty successful over here. But, um, you know, at the same time when we were seeing like the raid and like, you know, some of the later Tony John movies, um, but, uh, it's where this felt like, you know, much more like a standard, uh, kind of Kung Fu film like in the in that modern um uh hong kong sensibility like the modern era of kung fu movies but it's really good i mean donnie is a great he's a good actor and a great martial artist so um you know the oh. third one had mike tyson in it and yeah it's only, i think the third one is the most highly rated it did the most box office and has the best um like critical response but i thought the third one was the easily the worst of the yeah 100 percent so. But, yeah. but I think a lot of it that had to do, honestly, with Mike Tyson, as weird as that sounds. Um, I forgot. Is that the one where Bruce Lee's actually in it, or is that the second one? So he, uh, they introduced him as a little kid. Um, he's not. He's like a little kid in the second one, and then in the third one, he comes back as an adult, and, and still turns turns him away. It's like you haven't learned yeah. anything. Um, uh, well, that, so Dave Batista is in the second one, though. He plays the villain in the second one. And I thought he was yeah. actually really good. The only problem with these movies is they're supposed to take place during uh, World War II and then right before the Vietnam War, um, mm -hmm. as it goes later. Um, and, like, they do kind of a half-ass jo job of making it, like, time appropriate. In fact, Mike Tyson still has his face tattoo. So I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, very weird. Oh. But... But they're good movies. I mean, you know, they're fun. Good action. The, the action sequences are solid. The casts are good. So yeah, I would definitely, uh, I would definitely give those a recommendation. Have you? Have y'all? Any of y'all seen Chocolate? I have the the. So wait, which Chocolate? The the uh, the the Chinese one? Yeah. Yes, I have seen Chocolate because there's that, and there's also the uh, Chocolate. <laughs> Get out, Johnny Depp. Exactly. Chocolate. And there's also, like, there's also I, Love and Chocolate, which I think is, is the werewolf movie. That's right. As well. So, that's, yeah, like, there's a lot of fighting in Chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I like in um, Orange County uh, when the, the English, English, English teacher does, has, doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about or doing. Like he talks about like Shakespeare's best work he goes, and, and such things as Chocolate. <laughs> like he mentioned Chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, but chocolate's fucking awesome, man. It, it's like about this autistic chick, and she just fucking kicks ass. It's awesome. It's a very interesting movie. Nice. It is. I, I've not seen that. I'm about to. I'm gonna check that out. 
Yeah, it's really, really cool. Well, I watched, uh, I watched both uh, Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. This Which week. one's your favorite? Uh, well, I, I mean, New York is, is probably my favorite. So. Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> There's no surfing in the first one? Then fuck that. <laughs> Forget it. You're out of there. Uh, I also watched the catastrophic, terrible movie just for fun of Waterworld. Oh, you're really getting wow. prepared for this uh, today's uh, <laughs> I just Actually, I just watched it for shits and giggles because I hadn't seen it in like probably better part of 20 years and wanted to see if it aged as bad as it was like when it came out. Mm. Just as terrible. Yeah, just man, as terrible. it was. Um, fun fact, though, apparently Waterworld uh, has a ride. I think at like one of the theme parks. I think it's Universal. Yes, it is. Like, it is. It is like one of the most popular rides or like popular like shows that they have uh, at the park, apparently. And I'll have you know, sir, that professional wrestler currently on AEW's Dynamite, one um, Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels, is still uh, active. Actually, I think he just quit. He finally quit it, or is he still doing it? Okay, I'm not sure. Well, this, he is, was, this is fun fact by James, man. This, this wow. is, uh, I feel like I'm in the wrong no, podcast. He, Professional wrestler Christopher Daniels uh, played, um, I forget, it's uh, Dennis Hopper's character ah. in that stunt show up until maybe a few weeks ago. Well, I think he just literally quit. Apparently, they probably should have just put the video camera at the stunt show and probably would have been far less My costly part. in a better uh, movie than what was the original. So, God, what a terrible clusterfuck that movie is. <laughs> like has not aged well at all. Like, how Costner has done any movie since then is well beyond me. Uh, That's what I was well. thinking, too. It's like, how, how do you recover from that so well? Well, I mean, look and at Ben, really ben well. Affleck. He did Jersey Girl. So, I mean... Wait, wait. Did 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 Kevin Costner rebound from that? What what did he do Kevin, after? I mean, He's done a like, bunch of movies he, since then. I mean, but I mean movies. That literally killed his career. After that, he did The Mailman. <laughs> no... Yes. Yeah, let's see. What? All right. We get now. Well, I'm he, sure he Robin did the Hood, mailman. Robin Hood. Did. Robin Hood was before that. Bull Durham was before. I mean, like that was like his. That movie killed his career. All right. Let's, let's see. see. The Highwayman. Why? Oh, he did Wyatt Earp a year before that. Okay. Let's see. And right. even Wyatt Earp didn't do well because it had come out right after Tombstone. And yeah, it's like no, no one wants to see just one dude. Uh, uh, Tin Cup. Come on. Yeah, he wasn't. Uh, he, he did play oh. Jonathan Kent in Superman. Yeah, but how? What, like twenty years later? Miss Mr. Brooks and draft. I I I know you're not yeah. probably not like three, big three into football, but draft day, draft day was awesome. Uh, yeah, Jack but Ryan. again, guys, he was we, in Field of Dreams too. Mr. Brooks, Field of Dreams too. There's a Field of Dreams too. It's, it's a it's a short film. That was the height of Kevin Costner's arrogance and hubris. And that fucking failure killed his, because he was like a leading man in Hollywood. After that, what oh, he started doing like you know what he did? Parts? His probably his best movie after that was uh, Three Thousand Miles to Graceland. Just about to I, say that yes, yeah. that was an amazing movie. I don't yeah. care what you say, James. No, it was I like awesome. Three Thousand Miles to Graceland. It's a fun movie. Well, that's what we're saying. I, he did a message in a bottle. He did the post. He did Tin Cup. Shortly after so, that. Yes. So uh, it's funny because Mailman, the Mailman, very apropos of our subject today i saw it and i don't remember anything about it 
I don't think I watched that. I'm not a huge Kevin Costner fan, honestly. No, I hate Kevin Costner. Yeah. That's the thing is, ironically, I hate Kevin Costner. In fact, I, when I first saw Bull Durham, I was like, this guy can't act for shit. And then he became like the biggest star ever. Tin Cup, though, that is a good movie. I will say it's a bodyguard come reason. out. Here's the thing, though. He's consistently acted, like, whether it's a caliber of work that he's done. Well, no, actually, before. if you look at it, he, he did. He quit acting for, like, almost, like, 10 years. If you look at, really, like, what he had done, he was doing, like, bit parts. Um, when was Malcolm X? What year was that? Malcolm X? Uh, Let's yeah. see. That came out in 92. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's way early. But, um, yeah, I mean, before he well, did... Well, I mean, he did, like, The Bodyguard before that, JFK, Robin yeah. Hood... That's what I meant, JFK, not Malcolm yeah. X. JFK was the, yeah, that's why I was Malcolm Feel X. Feel the dreams, Boulder Room. But see, all that, he was a huge celebrity, all that era. And then after Waterworld, he just kind of, he's, I, I've never been a huge fan. Um, I actually have liked his, like, later career stuff a little bit better. Um, like, at his age he is now. Um, but, yeah. So yeah, but those those are solid choices and sort of definitely f- fall into the realm of today's topic. I also watched uh, Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome. You did all the topic stuff, sir. <laughs> yeah, oh shit! Well, it wasn't intentional. I actually really just wanted. I actually just really wanted to hear the uh, two men enter, one man leave. Two men enter, oh, one man. Yeah. So yeah, that I mean, little guy was always so creepy. Like Master Blaster. Ma- yeah. He's so, so creepy to me as a kid. I don't know why. He's just a little person. But. I always wanted to do uh, um, the do Master Blaster as a Halloween costume. Put my son on like a back, make him wear that stuff. Hey, yeah. That's a good one. That would be that would be a good one. So here's here's my thing with the Thunder Beyond the Thunderdome. Um, people like it's considered like a joke or like considered the worst of the Mamex trilogy, but when it came oh, out, I, I fucking so. loved it. I don't think it's the worst at all. I mean, I guess if I'm thinking thinking practically, it probably is a, of the four Mad Max films. It probably is the weakest overall. But it's not like a bad movie. It's just that the others happen to be fucking great movies. Well, I mean, um, I, would you really even consider the fourth one though? Like, can can you bucket yes, that in, being yes, that it's so yes. far out there though? Yes. Like, I absolutely consider it. Uh, yes, let's. We can definitely get into this if you want, but yes, That's, absolutely. I just feel like it's it Wait, is, like is a care is what? It's canon. Right. Yeah. And Max was right. in the movie. He might right. not do as much as the other films, but that's who gives a shit? It's still a Mad Max movie. There's still fucking about, desert mutants and Are you talking about was, Furious Furiosa? Yes. Yeah. You mean that movie? Yeah. Yes. Which oh, Yeah, don't so count it. We don't count it. Oh God, whatever. Well, no, I, I, count, I count it, but I'm, I'm saying not, like, if don't you, call it if, Mad Max. T- t- title it right, and that's all I'm saying is give it the proper title. It's called Mad Max was about Fury her. Road. It's uh, probably the best title you can give it. She was not in. He was barely in that freaking movie. He's first. Oh God, this is this is misogyny. No, I'm not. Because <laughs> I'm just the no, man is the star I'm, of the no, movie. No, I'm saying give it the proper title. And make her. She was the lead. She did amazing. That yeah. movie was amazing. They, the title the, made me mad. That is actually completely wrong. It is actually they are. Once Max kind of joins those the the women, it, they're like partners. It's at that point. Yeah. It's a fucking. I'm wheeling myself movie. out of here. 
Please get out of here. Okay, what, but the, the, point, the point that I'm getting at is that, like, so you take three movies, four movies total. Yes. The first three back to back to back. Yeah. And then the fourth one, entirely different cast mm-hmm. with way better effects. Mm-hmm. Like twenty plus years later, mm-hmm. it's yes. Maybe if you say like story wise, it is better. If that's what you're going off, like story wise, it is a better story than the other Thunderdome. I agree. If you're talking about like from a cinematic standpoint, like you can't compare the two because they were totally they were totally different like eras of film. I think how can you say you I didn't do have, not agree? I you do not agree. have that style of filmmaking back when when it was the same director. It was still George Miller. Who gives a shit? Still, I don't like fear. And the thing is, all of the stuff, all of what you're saying is all the effects. Ninety-five percent of the effects in Fury Road were done practically. The effect is not. There was so on, a, so on an on an IMAX camera though. Yeah, but who gives a shit? Anyways, we're gonna disagree on this one. But here's what I'm saying: <laughs> when they go into when the they go into that storm, which again that was you know obviously they're using After Effects as far as lighting and color correction and stuff like that. But all of the practical effects in that is probably one of the most impressive things I've ever seen, and one of the just the most amazing sequences. I, I'm I'm it's, not saying it's not a I know phenomenal I know. movie. It's a, a to me honestly, hands down, the best cinematography I've ever seen in a movie. I mean, look. My so you know what they're doing? What they just announced, right? That they're doing a no. Furiosa they're movie doing the- with uh, Android Taylor. Yes. Uh, yes. From- oh, so they're going to title it appropriately. That's cool. Yeah, because this one won't have Max in it. Good. Cheers. Uh, anyways, why won't it have Max in it though? Like that's because it's she's it's it's like a prequel. It's telling her like her story. Because <laughs> she's going to show how she lost her hand. <laughs> I think so. They're gonna do with the whole thing. <laughs> Damn! White knuckle, white knuckling in it. <laughs> Sorry, you guys don't like women, women-led movies. That's not even say say that. no. You're totally no, it's the exact opposite. It's the exact opposite of that. I'm just I'm saying. Gonna, I'm gonna get all the social justice warriors all up in your. Twitter. If anything, it yeah, would be misogyny by putting Mad Max as a title character in the movie. At the title of exactly. the movie, exactly. And not furious in the movie. Now I know, I know, we're having this fun conversation, but obviously yes. you recognize why they put Mad Max. In yes, movie. of course I recognize. Yes. yes, I know you're smart enough. Okay, anyways, but with yes, that being said, no. With yes. that being said, I will. Say, I don't care if she's got a penis or not. Okay, she may have. I mean, in my opinion, halfway through the movie, she had bigger balls than Max, anyways. That's true. So, yes. Very true. So here's my thing. Um, put that in a t-shirt. Here's my thing. Um. Here's the thing. I was so happy when that movie came out, not just because it was so well done, not because of how. Um, you know, popular it was, and you know, you know, winning awards and all this crazy acclaim. I was happy that we got a new post-apocalyptic movie in the theaters in 2016, 2015, whenever it came out. Oh, um, Independence Day Part Two wasn't enough for you. <laughs> I never saw it, and I never will see it. I barely like Independence Day. Pacific Rim Two. Well, what about The Road? That's an interesting movie. And the one I was actually going to bring up. All right. Well, let's, let's talk about it, ladies and gentlemen. Today, obviously, if you didn't catch a drift, we are discussing post-apocalyptic action movies or just post-apocalyptic movies that are not horror because we already talked about that uh, uh, several times, I, I believe. Uh, but, yeah, we're, we're just going to have an open general discussion about it. So let's jump into it. 
Love it. I mean, this is a, definitely a, a genre I love. Um, uh, and I could talk about it all day. So, but I will let Derek start. So I'm not just pontificating nonstop. So this, no, this, this becomes the, the, the James, the James, Jimothy no, hey, podcast. You know what? Like I, so we could talk about the road. Start with the road. We started, we'll start at the road. I like the road. I thought it was good. I, what I like about it is, what I like best about post-apocalyptic movies is, uh, like, I love a movie, especially, like, cinematically, that's very bleak. Yes. So, and the yes. road is super bleak, like, from the get-go. Like, I yeah. just think, like, visually, like, you feel going to that movie, like, depressed, just being, being part of it. Um, yeah. But I, I like Viggo Mortensen. I think he's a great, I think he's a great Absolutely. actor. And, uh, and even uh, uh, Cody Smith McPhee, a very young uh, at that age, just does a really great job too. He's like a child actor. I think he he does a fantastic job across the board. Um, just really super believable. Like, and I think it, it is like very much nerve wracking watching that movie because, like, especially if you're a parent, you know, you're kind of watching. Yeah. That, like, you always think like, what what would happen if like I had to go on the road like that or had to like make those tough decisions. So I think that. For me, it was like it was very visually appealing, but on top of that, I think the storyline was just really well done. It was some great acting. So, yeah, it's it's probably like, I would say like probably one of my top. Like if I had to pick a top ten, like apocalyptic movies, that would probably be in my top ten. See, so um, I'm a, like, I do like the movie. Very bleak. Like I said, Beagle Morrison was perfect casting, and he's such a great actor. Um, having read the book by Cormac McCarthy who also wrote Blood Meridian and uh, No Country for Old Men. Um, the book is a thousand times more disturbing and upsetting. Be- and it's also very long. Obviously, they can't do that for a movie. And the movie chose some ch- choice sequences and changed a few things. But um, it's, you know, as much as I love the book, you know, and I knew the movie was going to live up to it, the- the- I still enjoyed the movie. Um, you know, it- it's a-, a whole question, like, you know, when the mom, uh, well, and this, podcast warning just like every podcast every one of uh uh the uh going commando podcast there's gonna be spoilers yeah we we'll uh, spoil so the shit out of it for you spoil the fucking shit out of it um so but when the mom at the beginning basically kills herself because she doesn't want to live in a world where there's just rampant rape and murder um you know you have to ask yourself like if that is a real thing if they if this if we are living in a post basically nuclear destruction like a complete world a complete like shutdown of the world and anarchy and you know that people that people are just going to turn into animals like would you want to even live through that is that something that you want to experience um you see that in some other post-apocalyptic movies but in the road it's very much problem of like is it even worth it is living even worth it (laughs) well i think that's like that the beginning really sets a stage because like yeah you have to you have to ask that question of like would you be able to go through that hardship like and then with a child on top of that but like yeah she makes her decision basically makes his decision for him because yes. he has no other choice at that point like than to either end it and or move forward and he just decides to move forward with it so um i think that's that's kind of the you feel for the character because you're like he doesn't really have a choice in that matter like sound like his, his wife gave him a choice when she off herself so Yes, and that's the thing is like that you put into your yourself in that role of like it's already scary for yourself. Like in that kind of scenario, you'd be worried for yourself, but having to take care of a child 
in that environment, I can't think of anything more like stressful. Like you take care of a small child in a world where, you know, there's danger everywhere. Right. So yeah, it's it's that movie's very upsetting in a good way. Um, you know, I know people didn't like it and it didn't get the best reviews. Um you know, and there was a lot of, you know, comparisons to the novel, but I, I still enjoy it. And I would definitely, there was like that and then Book of Eli. Oh, that was, I, my, that was my other one. Yeah, that's a, that's I, another great movie too. I was yeah, going to bring that one up right now. Doesn't get, doesn't get any like kind of real love or credit, but, um, you know, it's a very, very satisfying post-apocalyptic movie. Um, you know, Denzel Washington is always great, but for some reason I just, this like latter end of his career when he's much older, but deciding to play these action heroes, I, I, He's like, you know, the same with, um, you know, Taken and Keanu Reeves. Um, I like old Denzel Washington kicking ass. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a big fan of that. Um, yeah, yeah. I like John the, Singleton? Uh, that did what? Like? Was, I think so, was, yeah. Yeah. It was good, though. Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah. I think um, what I really liked about the movie, too, is, yeah, he's a, he's great at kicking ass. Like, he does a really great job. Um, I think the story is just really great, too. Like, I like Mila Kunis in that. Yeah. I thought she was she was really well done. Um, but Tom yeah, Waits, I mean, yeah, Tom Waits too. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> dead don't die. Um, but yeah, I thought the the whole story with that was fantastic, and that was another like a very gritty. Um, obviously, to me, it didn't seem like as like depressing as as the no, movie. no. I mean, it's um, more of a traditional like actiony movie where the road is is almost more of a um, you know, almost like just like a straight dramatic. drama. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, definitely like, you know, two of the more, two modern post-apocalyptic movies that, um, you know, I think are definitely worth watching. Yeah, um, I definitely don't think they get nearly enough credit. And I think <clears throat> it's funny because you always see Denzel in like a very different role yeah. uh, that he's in. And so he's a much more serious actor. And, you know, I mean, short of him being the equalizer or uh, man on fire, right? Um, I mean, those are movies where he's a little bit older, but he's kicking ass. Like, that's what I'm saying. Um, and but it's great because he makes a great action star. Real quick, it's off topic, but just want to throw out, throw out some real love for Man on Fire. That movie is fucking amazing. It doesn't get any real love. Um, kind of kicked off the this era of of Denzel being kind of like an older guy, but who just kicks ass. And I think that movie is phenomenal. So I'm glad you brought it up. Um, I, I think it's I think it's the uh, Charles Bronson blueprint of old men kicking ass that we're seeing now. Yeah. Well, I think that that helps yeah. segue, like that movie kind of helps segue into like things like, in my opinion, like Taken and yeah, exactly. like, the John Wick era. Yep. Like you would, yeah, you would see the Charles Bronson, right? The Chuck Norris's of the time. And then that died out for the longest time. You get the really young action heroes that were like kicking ass and taking names. And then 100%. this, this kind of came back and it was like, whoa, like, you know, older guys can still kick ass. Um, well, you know, that's funny because like specifically with, I mean, Manfire definitely i agree with you kind of was the first of the you know um elder statesman action film where it was like older actors kind of in the twilight of the career but starting to like transition and being action heroes which was kind of odd i don't think the taken series took it to another notch especially because i think liam neeson might be the oldest of all of them if i'm not mistaken probably yeah you gotta be but um but then you know obviously john wick (laughs) kind of really cementing that as being box office you know gold but um to go back 67 currently by the way who is uh neeson yeah yeah how how old is denzel check that out he's i don't think he's too far off i he's gonna be 65 so yeah i'd say it's pretty close 
but yeah so now i obviously those are like more contemporary um uh post-apocalyptic movies and obviously we all know that you know the original mad max the australian mad max sort of um made the post-apocalyptic movies popular i don't know if they're exact it was exactly the first one and it's funny how different mad max is from road warrior um uh the the, the post-apocalyptic world of mad max seems actually not too far off from you know a contemporary you know times at that time in the 70s but you know um more like kind of like hinted at like a really post-apocalyptic setting where road warrior is really what the i think the standard is is gauged by um do you have any like like 70s or 80s post-apocalyptic movies that you that you really love or that you hold as like you know steel dawn <laughs> steel dawn's a great that was actually yeah. uh very interesting movie. I saw that movie, The Drive-In. Um, I do love that movie. I mean, I, when it first came big, out, mm-hmm. I'm always a big fan of Night of the Comet. You know, um, that's that's one that always pops in my head when I think of like post-apocalyptic uh, movies. Uh, I think like things like um, <laughs> it's just not really dumb because it's not a, it's not a really as much of an action movie, but like movies like like Solar Babies. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, know, that's definitely in there. Yeah. You know, I mean that that's in there. I mean, then you look. I don't know if you. I mean, I don't think Dune. It's not really post-apocalyptic. It's more like futuristic, I guess. Um, See, one of my favorite. So, I mean, obviously, you have, you know, I mean, the I would say after Mad Max, one of the most popular, most beloved post-apocalyptic movies is actually probably Escape from New York. Um, you know, seventies. You know, uh, early Carpenter career. Um, definitely has its own vibe, but it, you know, it's definitely a post-apocalyptic film. Society's done to hell. Um, I mean, obviously, we could talk about the greatness of that movie and, you know, Kurt Russell and John Carpenter all day. But what I actually find really interesting, or the, the films I really love, is um, all the Italian exploitation films that sort of, you know, really took the Mad Max thing and, and ran away with it. Um, movies like, uh, you know, 1990, um, Escape from the Bronx, uh, the, Bronx the Bronx Warrior, Endgame. Uh, and and Hands of Steel, which is one, still one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, the cyborg who arm wrestles people. Um, yeah. What about Cherry? Uh, Two, what about Cherry Two Thousand? <laughs> it's a Melanie Griffith movie. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also Desolation Row uh, or Desolation Desolation Row. One of the big van. Um, well, yeah. There's so many. The thing is, it's there's so many. There is. This is a huge uh, subgenre for probably two decades the you know a ton of small budget films were sort of running away with it um but one movie i kind of want to talk about just because i find it so interesting and it's a movie i loved is jean-claude van damme cyborg um that is a great movie i was just about to say that actually i you know it's you know very little you know resemblance to other jean-claude van damme movies um um you know it's got this very like it's uh, to me it's actually got a very intense vibe obviously you know at this point it's a little dated and some people might think it's hokey but even the the casting all the cast is really interesting the main villain is very weird looking um what a lot of people don't know or you know i think maybe at this point it's more common but you know what cyborg originally was supposed to be masters of the universe 2 really wow yep. it was the script that makes for, sense yeah so it was the script that makes for Ma- so much sense yeah it was the script for mass of the universe 2 and then once how poorly the first one did and how expensive it was um um uh not new line um was it new line i think it was new line actually um 
whoever the, the production company was, decided, like, no, we're not going to do another Master of the Universe 2, but they still have the script lying around. So they tweaked a few things, and then you get John Clem and Damn Cyborg. But Trimark. Trimark. But, but who, oh, who's... Yeah. That's still serious. The Canon group and, the tri- and Trimark. Canon! Thank you! It was Canon. That's who I was thinking of. Not nearly lying. Canon. Um, but yeah, so it's one of the movies I... Uh, I Whenever anybody says post-apocalyptic, obviously you think of Mad Max and you think of certain films, but for some reason, Cyborg is always one of the first ones to pop up. Um, I, again, I felt like when that movie came out, I was actually a little scared of it. Um, there's some really intense sequences in it, and then like the main villain was actually pretty creepy. Um, like, With his dreads. Yeah, and he had like really weird eyes, and like he was very intense. That but mouth yeah, thing. That weird, yeah, and the, yeah exactly. So. But it's always when I, like, if we, you know, people talk about Jean-Claude Van Damme, it's always like, I always get excited to talk about Cyborg. But not many other people can jump on that bandwagon with me, but. Well, let me ask you guys a question. Like, what do you guys think of the, uh, like, not post-apocalyptic, but apocalyptic movies, like the, the Roland Emmerich films of, like, The Day After Tomorrow and, like, 2012 and those, those uh, particular films, like. I a lot of those I haven't seen. Like, I know my mom. My mom was actually always been a huge fan of like those movies, like Inferno, like the disaster movies. Um, but I think I only saw. I think I did see. What was the one with um, uh, uh, John Cusack? Was that twenty twelve? Twenty twelve. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I did see that one. It was. It was. It was stupid but fun. I think that, was, made a, made a, that was a whole like genre in itself, like. From like the uh, Armageddon to like uh, the core to like deep deep impact, not the porno. <laughs> um, I love how know. like there's there's two comet movies, two fucking volcano movies, two well, yeah. like there's always well, coming out in, in twos. But yeah, Earth, earthquake Illuminati, movies, right? bro. It's gonna be a toilet paper shortage movie pretty soon. Exactly. I mean, that's what's. I mean, obviously, you know, listeners, you know, this this subject wasn't chosen by accident were you know sort of inspired by our current times i will i will not i will say there have been times recently where um you know it does sort of feel like the end of the world with people kind of losing their mind a little bit but uh obviously we're lucky that there's no um you know killer mutants yeah. or cyborgs yeah anyways so i will say that my wife told me the other day we were, we were talking and i'm like man it's weird times we live in i'm like but at least it's not like, you know, something majorly, like, catastrophic. She's like, I don't know, I just read the other day there's, like, a meteor, meteor headed towards the Earth or something like that in the next few weeks. I'm like, well, fuck us then. All right, well, I know. God damn it. Exactly. I'm like, going to have no toilet paper when I shit myself. This is fantastic. Exactly. Like, Hey, a little, little fun fact, too. Uh, 2012 had a, had a sequel to it called Ice Age. Did 2012. it really? Uh, yeah. Shut up. Do you see this? Yeah. Yeah, Patrick uh, Laborto, Julie McCullough, and Nick uh, Afonsive. Oh, so it went right uh, to video. It's straight to video, I'm sure. Had a, had a whopping budget of uh, $250,000. Oh, that's not, <laughs> that can't be real. <laughs> that is absolutely real. Um, I, was like, I was like, Ice Age, or like, like with Manny, the, the cartoon, the <laughs> that was the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, have any of y'all fine gentlemen? Um, it's more so more so a zombie movie. And I, I keep on forgetting about it to bring it up, and I think maybe maybe I have, or maybe one of y'all have. Uh, but I think it's kind of fitting. Uh, like Train to Busan. No. Yeah, I mean that's a, yeah, I know. 
I as a zombie movie, even though it's a post-apocalyptic movie. I mean, not a post-apocalyptic yes. movie, but it's definitely a a movie about you know it's all zombie movies are sort of kind of end of the world scenarios. But uh, I mean, it's fucking great. In fact, um, Shudder has the uh, Soul Station, the um, oh, animated the, prequel, like, kind of yeah, prequel to it. Yeah, the animated prequel, which is really good. Um, yeah. yeah, I love, I love. Uh, yeah. I really hope they don't remake it into English. There's no need. No, to. no. I guess they're doing a sequel no to it to. called called Peninsula, like to Busan. Oh, you know, okay. Like, or the peninsula or something like that like they i saw some like original like uh like promo artwork for it it looked, it looked pretty decent you um, know in the same in the same vein though i kind of would hope i wish they just leave it alone i mean the first movie ends so perfectly um but you know it, it made money and people like it so they're gonna they're definitely gonna make uh sequels but i kind of part of me just wishes they would just leave it alone let 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 it just be its perfect little encapsulated thing but uh you know if it's good i'll see it so whatever I mean, if it's if it's the continuation and it's the same like writer and director, like I, I would watch it. I, yeah. I, I you agree. It's Trinity Busan's like almost a perfect movie. So yeah. one of the best uh, movies of the last twenty years, hands down. Uh, there's two two to do two things I do want to talk about. Um, yeah. first off, one of my favorite post apocalyptic properties of all time is um, the manga slash anime Fist of the North Star. Um, I love Fist of the North Star. I think it's one of the most like macho animes ever made um but there is actually a live action version that people uh truly despise uh, rightfully so but i do have an uncanny soft spot for uh, it does feature my favorite pro wrestler uh leon uh, white either, otherwise known as big man vader in one of the roles um it also has um uh chris uh chris penn as one of the main villains um it's this. It was actually, I think, HBO Films made it. Um, but Is it it's no a, Mal- Malcolm Mc, Malcolm McDowell. Like, no, it's Malcolm McDowell in it. There's, I know a, that, there's a 1995 version of Fist of the North Star. Um, I, I, oh, yes, now. yes, he is in it. Yes, he is in it. Um, I think he plays one of the. Let's Clint, it's got Clint Howard, so you know it's successful. Yes, Clint Howard is also in it. Um, the cast is incredible. I'm blanking on the actor's name, but he's like this. He's basically like the poor man's child, Clum Van Damme. Um, they try to make him. Uh, is it a, is it Gary Daniels or Gary uh, Daniels? Thank okay. you. Yes, exactly. So Gary Daniels was sort of like they were trying to make him. He was like the. Shit, it's got know, it's got downtown Julie Brown in it. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, it's terrible, but I love it. Um, uh, it's you know. Just being a live-action anime adaptation anyways is really bizarre. Um, but the action is great. It's so dumb. If you're a fan of, like, Fist of the North Star, they, they do a lot of, you know, homages to, like, the, you know, the... And then the head blow, blows up. That'll be great for a podcast. Um, but, yeah, it's a movie I love. Um, but I, I'm just a big fan. Of, uh, I actually have a little shrine to uh, Kinshiro over there. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite properties. You know, on 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 that note, um, the the fact that you said Fist of the North Star, I was actually thinking about it too. Um, I haven't seen the live action to it just because I don't want to be disappointed. Uh, but one of my favorite animes is actually Attack on Titan, and oh. it's like a, a wonderful, wonderful story. Um, you know how like you know it's not so much like in the beginning. Uh, I, I dig it because it's more so about like the how they survived after the initial attacks 
and then it then it goes into the you know goes into the the, the Titan story. But yeah, it's beautiful. I, I love it. The, the story is amazing on it. And uh, um, yeah, no, Fist of North Star too. Um, great, great, great anime. So you've never seen any of the live action Japanese? Uh, they're not. They're not great. Um, I, no, I try not. I try to stay away. Yeah, and I, I had that really high hopes. I remember seeing the trailer uh, for the first one and being like, "Oh, that looks." And to to for full disclosure, I didn't even finish the entire first season of Attack on Titan. Um, wow. Not because I wasn't enjoying it, but I, again, one of those life things. I stopped to watch something else, probably pro wrestling. Yeah. Something I don't know what I was watching, and then never came back to it. But I've heard from people that the second season isn't as solid. But um, I was still excited to see the Japanese one because the trailers had some promise. And like I said, seeing those creepy ass titans in live action was very like you know satisfyingly disturbing. But yeah, I heard they're I heard they're not great. So yeah, but if you do get back into it, man, like the way the second season ends, it's it, it's amazing. Like there's there's it builds so much interest into the characters. You have so much invested in them too, and you're just and, like it and. The episodes aren't really filler episodes either, so that's what I really dug about it. Cool. Anyway, what was the other thing you want to talk about? Uh, the other one I want to talk about, and it's funny because I don't think a lot of people even kind of really consider it a post-apocalyptic movie, but it completely is. It's just a different version of a post-apocalyptic movie. Is the movie Rain of Fire? Um, oh, that is a great movie. That movie is the most fucking ballsy, manly. First off, okay, so, you know, instead of it being a nuclear bomb that causes the apocalypse, it's the return of dragons. I would just fucking firebomb cities and shit, and that's an interesting thing anyways. But first off, you know, I remember seeing it in the theater, and, you know, first you got, um, you know, Christian Bale, and he's shirtless looking all fucking manly and shit. You're like, that's Christian Bale? Just fucking, you know, like, digging shirtless. And then here comes fucking uh, Matthew McConaughey looking like fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> fucking super jacked, juice to the gills. Viking looking. He looks like an Aryan more than anything. Dude, he, but dude, he looks like Aryan being like... It's, 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 it's Matthew Von, Von Connery. <laughs> Von Connery. Dude, when he jumps off the, at the, towards the end, when he jumps off that fucking oil tower with the fucking... He's jumping on a, a fucking... Or a dragon with a battle axe gonna fucking kill a dragon with a battle axe? I think I had an erection. Not gonna lie. Oh. <laughs> that is an awesome movie. You know what? It's actually another great. Uh, and I don't know if some people would consider it post-apocalyptic, but I do. Is uh, it's Twelve Monkeys? Yeah, Ooh, yeah, that's definitely yeah. a post-apocalyptic movie. Yeah, it's a time-traveling psychedelic mindfuck. Mindfuck of a post-apocalyptic, but it absolutely yeah. is. Yeah. Trying to think of Does anybody watch that TV series? I've heard good things about the TV series. I just have never had I any have, inclination to watch it. I have not. Um, yeah, I did hear really good things. Uh, there is uh, the the actor in that's really good. Um, trying to think of his his name. He's been in a few things, but he was in the Hills Have Eyes remake, and then he was played uh, the fire guy in the the X Men movies as well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, What the heck is that guy's name? Uh, yeah, I can have to look it up now. Uh, what movie was it? Oh, okay, it was the, the 12 Monkeys uh, TV it's, show. A, it's Aaron something. Uh, hold on. Let's see here. 12 Monkeys. Let's see. Aaron Scholl, oh. Aaron Stanford. Yeah, it's Aaron Stanford. That's it. Yeah. So Let's let me see. ask you this. 
if you were to say, if you just off the top of your head, without naming one of the Mad Max movies, what would you say is the best post-apocalyptic movie you've ever seen? Demolition Man. <laughs> but is that post-apocalyptic or is it more just like future? Well, I mean, it takes place after a giant earthquake nearly sinks. It, it starts in a, like an apocalypse, in like, it starts in, in a very tumultuous time, like when John Spartan gets frozen. And then they have like the whole earthquake in which they merge San Francisco and Los Angeles to San Angeles. And then that's the aftermath. So technically it could be considered post-apocalyptic. But right. let me, I'll let me okay. I, I will, let me think of another one. And I won't include so, State from New York in there either. I'll let you think on that, sir. And okay. I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out on a stretch here. And you, you may, you may disagree James in particularly. Um, but I, on, it may not again. It's probably not considered it, but to me, it is because of, you know what happens and what they try to accomplish in the movie. Uh, but it's Interstellar. You know what? I don't think I've seen that. I know it's everybody loved that movie when it came out. Um, that's Gus, not Gus Van Sant. That's um, um, oh, uh, that's Nolan, Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. Yeah, that's why I didn't see it. Oh my God! You're such a snob. <laughs> That's a fucking snob, man. <laughs> so like, it's not. It's he's got to like go save. He's got to save Earth, right? He's got to go. Got to go find like. Is it the one to yeah. restart the sun? Well, no. They have to like curve their world. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm not even sure. Like, I, I can't even describe why, why they're going over there. They're trying I don't know to what figure it's about. out. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, and I love it so much. So I just like love the whole fact that, um, you know, when they go to that other planet and it's like. Every hour is like like twelve years or seven years uh, gone gone by, but um, but yeah, no, like the 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 acting's wonderful. Um, I actually like if I need if I if I'm having trouble going to bed, um, I'll put on I'll put on the soundtrack. The soundtrack's amazing. Um, the way the way they shot, of course, a lot of it we you know a lot of it was probably CGI, but I mean it just looked beautiful. It's a beautiful movie, and then um, and the fact that I mean it was believable for Matthew McConaughey. Uh, versus uh, Mark Wahlberg's in the happening for him to be, you know, kind of like that smart, smart guy. Um, and he oh, yes. made it believable. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, it was just a very, very, a movie that, that I, I never lost interest in and I can watch it over and over. Um, on a side note, before I give you my other one, James, that, that I really like that gets not enough credit. Um, have you guys seen that, that movie, uh, Spencer Confidential on Netflix. I did. I watched it. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think? Uh, I brought it up last time. I actually, it's okay. It's like an Elmore Leonard novel, but not as good. Uh, If there was was ever a movie perfectly made for Mark Wahlberg. Oh yeah. It is that movie. But then I saw the director was Peter Berg and I'm like, that guy's got a hard on for Mark Wahlberg. He puts Mark Wahlberg in everything and he's a Boston cop. Yeah. It's a cop movie. (laughs) It's a cop movie. I don't know if you've seen that meme where it's like, He's like, yeah, I sent this, it this a, oh yeah, yeah, this, this is a Boston cop role. <laughs> it's a Mark Wahlberg running. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I did, I did personally like that. I thought it was good. So, um, all things considered, but the one movie that I, I consider uh, post-apocalyptic because it's uh, about a dying sun is Sunshine. Uh, that's that's um, uh, pretty, uh, Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle. Cillian Murphy. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I watched it. I think I 
I might have seen it in the theater right after. Um, I remember liking it, but I don't. I remember the cinematography was great. Um, a uh, very poetic movie. I think if I if I remember correctly, I love the soundtrack and the score. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I, good yeah, acting, like really really yeah. really well done acting, like Rose Byrne, uh, Cillian Murphy. Like it's got a good crew of actors in it. But um, yeah, also one that I kind of kind of thrown there to be uh, a popular, kind of very similar to Interstellar, where like there's there's going to be something cataclysmic, like an Armageddon, like, you know, go do this. It's the world is going to end uh, type right. scenario. But it's very, uh, you know, an ending that you would expect, like, uh, for a mission like that as well. Um, but yeah, I thought I just recently watched it, like, about a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, I, you know, I really like Cillian Murphy as an actor anyways. I think yeah, he's he great. A really good job. Uh, he's got a lot of range. So uh, play, definitely plays a, a crazy captain pretty well. But yeah, that was one I, I think would be uh, I would kind of chalk up there as well. So I would have to say, I mean, there's been, I mean, there's a ton, tons we haven't even mentioned. Um, yeah, and there's probably a million I'm not even thinking of that I've seen and I'm like, exactly. Um, I think Omega Man and Last Man on Earth. I would exclude I Am Legend, even though I don't think that movie's as bad as people say it is. But Planet of the Apes. Um, Planet of the Apes. Uh, although that's well, that's that's more like. Sci-fi. Yeah. I, I would say like the newest Planet of the Apes. No, Steve, it's not. But I would say the best of of all. I mean, Children. Oh, you can say the, the newest planet. You can say the newest planet. The, the very first one, like the rise of the yeah, Planet but, of the Apes, because that was a viral thing. Yeah. Right? But I would say definitely say that my I think my favorite or not. I would I would consider I think the best post-apocalyptic movie that's not like Mad Max is uh, Akira. And um, the that's a good yeah, one. I you know I watched I. When I worked um, at the comic store, I had the luxury of reading the entire series, the entire manga, which is like fucking 17 fucking phone book sized comics of that. The, um, and I'm blanking on the name of the cartoonist that, that wrote it. Um, uh, well, there was a writer that wrote it. it. Very Usually with manga, it's one writer. or The, the writer and the artist are the same. Akira was different. It was an, a writer and an artist combined, if I'm not mistaken. But, Akira um, Toriyama. Wasn't it Toriyama? Hold on. I should know this. No. I mean, it would be... I don't know. That's something else, but... Um, like, oh, Otomo. Katsushiro Otomo. Um, uh, and it was... And it was he, I'm sorry, I was mistaken. It was written and illustrated by uh, Otomo. Um, but, you know, like, it's so dense and there's so much that happens. There's characters that never appear in the, in the anime. But I think the anime itself, though, is brilliant. Um, it encapsulates everything like it's just a unique vision and like at the time I don't think it's hard to na Akira was basically the um, Citizen Kane of manga at a time when like nobody knew what the fuck anime and manga was um, and Akira was like the standard for a long time but I don't think it's hard for people now to understand when you first saw Akira like how fucking mind blowing it was um, oh and now that I think about it isn't there like a cancellation of like games in there? Kind of like how we canceled the Olympics? What? Never sorry, mind. What, Don't worry about I, it. I missed I missed the reference. I'm sorry. What? About the in Olympics? the movie, it, yeah, like they they have like where they uh, they predicted that the, the Olympics were going to get canceled. Are you referencing that because our Olympics got canceled? Is that what you're saying? Yes. yes. Like, what you, I was, I'm sorry, I didn't know what you were saying. Don't worry about uh, it. I'm going to go uh, on mute. Bye, guys. 
Keep but continue yeah. talking amongst yourself. Um, let me ask you guys this. Um, if What do you think is the most realistic – if something were to cause the end of the world, what would you think? Virus, uh, zombies, uh, nuclear war, or some other kind of uh, cataclysm? All right. Do I, do I base it off what I would hope? Versus like, I'd say what you think is the most realistic way the world would end. God, well, I mean, Jesus Christ. You know what? I I feel like, no, not Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Um, whatever, man. Whatever that works. Look, I I honestly think that at some point it'll probably be something like a giant fucking meteorite that is gonna take us all out because we won't see it coming uh, because we're just too busy wrapped up in our own shit here. And we'll get, uh, we'll get clipped. Or it's going to be like, that's gotten your way and nothing we can do about it. And where it's like two years out, it's going to be an Armageddon situation, uh, which will then spiral the world into a, literally a, uh, what is it called? A fire fest or something like that. You know, fucking everybody's fucking each other and doing drugs for the next two years. Um, but man, I would hope it would be zombies. <laughs> I mean, yeah, what I hope is zombies, but what I really think is, yeah, it's some sort of major, I think it's something like, uh, like, actually, even if it's not a meteorite hitting us, like a meteorite hitting the sun, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. an item, like, our, uh, you know, a meteorite that's so large that it wouldn't be burned, you know, before it, like, actually did any yeah. damage to the sun. Um, yeah, or, or sun burning, like or sun dying out, because it is, yeah. like, it is an energy source that we have no control over. That's yeah, and they say that the lifespan, it won't be for, like, probably another million years, because even after it burns, like, even after it, like, it explodes, yeah. or, I forget, there's, anyways, there's something sort of comforting that in our lifetime, in our children's lifetime, it, it probably wouldn't happen, but, I mean, I think about that constantly. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I definitely think it's, it, you know, people right now as we're living, because again, you know, a lot of people right now are like, oh, it's the end of the world. It's, it's like, you know, global pandemics aren't going to be the end of the world. We're, we're, our medicine is too sophisticated at this point right now for something like a flu. Now, a man-made weapon that we don't see coming, yeah. some sort of, like, that's possible, but like some sort of, you know, viral offshoot. Yeah, I think if we're talking like, there's like two scenarios, right? There's like a worldwide catastrophic like event, like that impacts a majority of the population. I think like in that case, like viral or man-made weapon would probably make the most sense, right? Cause that's not gonna take everybody out, but it's gonna take a chunk of people out. Yeah. Um, I think like we're talking about like full, like annihilation of the human species. Like, yeah, that's that's something cosmic, man. Uh, it's sucked into a black hole or some shit like that, you know? I think it is- I can definitely of, tell uh, that if like, I, I could see like the earth imploding on us. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: uh, is like things all, are so all, like all the resources. Yeah, things are so far out in space, right? That you would you know, like by side something gets set off, right? You would have no idea because it's so many light years away. Yeah. That like it's like it's like you know a star dies out and you don't, you don't even know it because you're not going to see it visually. You're so what you're seeing is from yeah exactly. yeah it's from the from the dead star already. So like. You know, something can pop off in space, we wouldn't know it. I mean, get hit by another planet or an asteroid or, uh, I, you know, it's funny. I was reading, like, I was reading or uh, watching this YouTube video about, like, the, like, top weirdest things, like, theories about humanity or something like that. Like, you know, people put out there that, like, we we're a part of a simulation. Um, that, like, we're not really here. Like, everything we, we have is, like, Minds I simulated it was part of a massive simulation, and but one of them was some weird like I don't remember like some filter theory or something like that. Like we are 
like our reality is like a filtered out like through another reality and then eventually it'll all snap back together and then I don't know. It's fucked. I don't know. I mean it's weird when you think about it though, because you think about like things like the Mandela effect, not to get too deep on it, but like I mean that's a legitimate thing that people like imagine one thing and then like 20 years later something entirely different like there's no let's not get me started on mandela effects i have very strong opinions on this um do you do, do you not do you not believe in them or do you just you no, just, oh. it's called look you're I'm not saying i do i'm just curious I can, no i strongly do not believe it but what i do believe in is that there is we science there's enough there's enough evidence that scientists do believe that there is it that not only is there a strong possibility of alternate realities, but there's very little that would purport that it doesn't exist. That like alternate realities are are not only a possibility, but almost um, you know a hundred percent probability. No, that don't want to misquote that. But there, it's a there's it's a, a high pro- it's a high probability. It's a high probability that we just there are alternate realities that we just can't see. But the one thing is that uh, you know people like we like. We're so in a rush right now, and, and rightfully so, uh, that like we're facing all these environmental dangers. The fact that like, you know, where you know uh, pollution and all these environmental issues are causing us to be in great danger. Um, but when the one thing, and because it's so, nobody ever, it's such a hot button issue. Is we are so overpopulated. We've been overpopulated since the '90s to a point that it's unsustainable, and it's getting worse every year. So truly what will be the end of the world is overpopulation. When we, well, there's so many people that we can't feed, clothe, or house people, um, and that we, we could never have enough resources to, to provide for everybody. At that point, there will be massive wars. There will be violence in the streets because at some point, you know, it's just, you're, you're exponentially, as every new person is born, we have less and less resources for the generation before it, that we're gonna get to a breaking point where there is, so many people and so little resources that we will society will collapse on itself well i think um, that that's true but i think the other lines too like not to say on a soapbox or anything like that but i think that like the way that i always like to think of like the the universe like the the earth as a whole is like we we are a very uh small fragment of like the entire universe right like yeah. and mother nature has a great way of aspecting us when we get out of line and so i was like this whole thing about this whole pandemic is like in my opinion it's it's a mother nature ass slapping that we very much need to like maybe get back in line stop you're turning me on <laughs> um, <laughs> um but i think like to your point too like i think we are overpopulated and i think that like one or two things is going to happen. Either we'll you will reach that point, that tipping point, or it'll be a situation where we'll hit a much more catastrophic like pandemic. Or because uh, like some people are mutating these strains of like virals, they're mutating on their own. Like they're. Adapting, well, that's the thing. So. Is, that's the whole thing about why people like. I kind of heard a lot of like people freaking out about COVID nineteen. It's not like it's some deadly virus that we've never seen before. The problem is it's it's. And it is highly dangerous for people who have, you know, respiratory issues and who have immune issues, immunity, uh, compromised immunity issues. But it's the fact that at its contagion level, 
what happens is the more it travels and the more it goes through different people is that it mutates just like every other virus the more it mutates yeah. the harder it is to control and the deadlier it becomes yeah and the strains are different depending on where you are so like i was yeah. just reading the other day that the west coast strain is different than the east yep. coast strain versus different than the the China strain, like yeah. so, and it, it, it mutates slowly, but it, it's a, just enough of a variation. Like it's not that if we found a treatment for it, that it wouldn't treat all of it. Yes, but it's just depending on the and the impact of it. Uh, I think they said there's like a two year, like the soonest we would even have a working real anecdote, and not anecdote, but treatment or mm -hmm. um, whatever vaccine. The term, vaccine for it would be two years. So, mm -hmm. um, and by that point, it should be burned out. Ideally, if people are doing what they're fucking supposed to be doing, right. but. Americans are goddamn dumb, and we have the dumb. But anyways, um, but yeah, that's a. I mean, it's always fun talking about the end of the world. Um, yeah, that's a. That's that's the uh, that's the point of our conversation. Yes. Oh, I also have another movie for you, by the way, that I also love. Uh, tell me, because what, what movie is it? It's Doomsday. See, I didn't. I want to like that movie. I remember, I remember the trailer was really crazy, and I was. Uh oh. Oh. But yeah, this is, but I remember, um, I saw I like literally ran it from Blockbuster, um, and that night I watched it. and I was like, oh, this isn't as cool as I thought it was going to be. But um, that was fun. What were you saying? There's a okay. So there was a movie from the '80s. In fact, I think uh, Nina Donnelly said it's her favorite movie. I'm blanking on the title, but it's, so what it was, it was a made-for-TV movie. I'm blanking on the title, but it's right right at the tip of my tongue. Um, it's a made-for-TV movie in the '80s, and it's like basically like Revelations. Um, like, uh, what is it called? Is it a stand? No, no, no. Although that's a great, I mean, the, the, the TV movie's not great. The story's great. Is it left behind? Is it left behind? Like the, no. Kirk, 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 <laughs> well, no, no, no. It's for, it's an eighties. Hold on. Stop right there. Wait one second. Okay. Do, 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 not yes, gonna indeed. have dead. I remember there. as a kid, it's story. I remember as a kid, this movie actually really traumatized. Like, there was Image, two Image of the Beast? Or no, Years no, of the Beast? Hold on. Um, there's two movies um, when I was a kid that really scared me. Um, one was this made for TV movie based off of the abduction of. Um, uh, um, uh, American Most Wanted was Oh, the by, John Walsh? John yes. Walsh is Adam Walsh. Adam Walsh, the Adam Walsh story, the doc, yeah. the made for TV movie scared. Yeah, I didn't want to hang at the ball after that. Uh, it maybe was seventies, but uh, let me I'm gonna find this. I, I should just ask Nina Donnelly, but um uh, it's gonna bother me because the day after, the day after. Oh. So if you've never seen it. It is it's disturbingly terrifying for a, a I think it was on NBC on a prime. Oh, like, yeah, I did see this. I went to church a lot when I was a kid. So yeah, it was it. traumatizing. I think I saw it in some like church. I think we went to go see it in like a local church. Um, but it's basically like the end of the world. And then like, then there's like, it's, it's done it, like a war movie. It's got the goots. It's got Gutenberg in it. Yeah, yes it does. So obviously it's Tank's favorite movie. Anyways, watch the day after. It's gnarly. The opening sequence, you see like these, it's almost like the beginning of Terminator where you see these like fucking families, these beautiful families in the park and this couple getting married and all of a sudden 
a nuclear bomb goes off and it just turns everybody into like molten ash and like people get wiped out and then it's like but then there's also this like religious content it's it's gnarly man it really messed me up yeah and there's also a made for tv movie i believe about the night stalker that also scared the shit out of me Oh, when I IMDb'd it right now, it, it recommended a movie called Threads, and it looks amazing. Have y'all seen that one? That sounds so familiar. The effects of a nuclear holocaust in the working class city of Sheffield, England, and the eventual long term effects of nuclear war and civilization. Um, Wait, it's also from the 80s? Yeah, 84. Yeah, yeah it does sound familiar. Yes. Hmm. Karen, Karen Megger, Reese Dinsdale, David Greeley. Do you know another movie that's also really great, by the way? Have you ever seen A Boy and His Dog? Um, this is another oh, back up to yeah, I have seen that a long time ago. Um, doesn't get enough love. Um, let's just talk, let's just let's just keep going. Let's see name movies. Well, that's um, crazy, man. Oh, it looks like it's like ben, it like Benji from Boy and His Dog. Is that where Benji came from? I don't. Think yeah, so. from the apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Timmy's oh, Timmy's oh, is Lassie. It's Timmy's sucker. <laughs> Lassie. Oh man! Oh, Timmy's has got radiation burn. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, boy? I got a nuclear radiation burn. <laughs> what? What? My Geiger counter should be going off right now? Oh no! I'll, I'll put on my suit. Oh man! Uh, good, well, good, I mean, good time to you know, apocalypse. This, this was uh, definitely, yeah, definitely a good conversation for uh, you know what we're going through now. Um, but you know. We're gonna make it out, guys. You know, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna make it here, uh, one way or the other. Um, you know, we just gotta follow the rules. Um, I still see a lot of people don't eat, on don't the eat highway. After midnight. Don't eat after midnight. Don't you know? Don't get don't wet. Get water on yourself. Well, Lift actually, your you know what? Actually, I want you to get wet. I want you to wash your hands right now as you're speaking speaking to us. Yeah. And actually, after the most important thing you have to do after washing your hands for 20 seconds with soap and water, hot water, is after you dry your hands, you go back to your cell phone. You're going to go to Spotify, and you're going to hit subscribe to it and follow us. Then after that, if you're on an iPhone, you're going to go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to us too. And after that, you're going to give us a five-star review because we deliver content during a pandemic. And, you know, God Safely. damn it, we deserve it. Safely. I was going to say, if, we, if we're doing our jobs right, our listeners are always getting wet. <laughs> hey, hey I, wait! I, I'm supposed to be the dirty one here, okay? Yeah. So, oh, dirty. Sorry, didn't mean to step on your dirty toes. That's, that's you, all right. You're, you're talking to the host of Cock Talk over here, ladies and gentlemen. Cock Talk. That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, you know what? Pretty, pretty soon we call Wet Talk. Yeah. Right. There we go. Ayo. Hey. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Thanks again for listening, guys. Thanks for joining us. You know, Dirty Derek and and. Jim, Jimothy, and Jiminji, or whatever your new name is. Uh, did you, Did you just want to go by Jim from now on? Fuck you. His <laughs> 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 new movie, The Book of Jim. The yeah, book if you of call Jim. me Jim, I'll start my own podcast. We'll have cooter conversations. <laughs> oh, don't call me. Just by all call, means, my friends. Just, just gonna call you. Uh, gonna call you the Tiger King. That's right. Oh, oh! Really quick before we go, I saw yeah. an episode and a half of that while oh. we were waiting for the next podcast. Awesome! What the fuck? <laughs> you know, guess, look, I'm, I'm gonna tell you this, okay? The the highlighted scene that tells you everything you need to know is uh, about giving a slight story. He's at a funeral, 
and he's talking about the person that passed away's uh, balls at the funeral. <laughs> he's like, them yes. golden balls, they were his golden nuggets. His golden <laughs> nuggies. <laughs> oh, like, it's crazy. Oh, Keep fuck. watching. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, it, gets, I will. it gets even better, man. Uh, it gets so I, much better. I will. But, guys, did y'all have any last sentiments before we go? Uh, no, just uh, glad to be doing the, the podcast of these trying to. Yeah. Well, and if you're not freezing, cranking out some content. Yeah, you're fine, man. You're I right. just I did get all the thing that said my internet is unstable, so that's okay. Yeah, well, that this, that this podcast is unstable. We're all unstable. Yes, right. you're out of stable. Anyway, <laughs> stable right. of studs, which is our yes. wrestling podcast, which you should also listen to. Uh, but as always, this is Golden Commando and Jimothy. I'll let you close it out. This one's for you, Keanu. Did you not hear me? Was that broken up? Yeah, yeah, a little Max Headroom thing. It's going, this this, this is for you, Keanu. This is for you, Keanu. Yes. Bye, guys. See you next time. Good night, guys.